what PA calls load management here, right? As far as voice management, that's what we're doing with you today. I, I assume Jack Michaels here on the Jack Michaels Show. It's fantastic, Derek. Uh, when I got a text from Derek Hansen said, hey, why don't you rest those vocal cords that you really popped around this weekend and take a day of rest? And I went, fantastic. I'll connect at noon. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i be on for a segment. I mean, I'll join you over there. We're yeah, training. very good and uh, very much uh, needed as we're about to roll into the, the postseason for the Red Hawks. But it feels like a Monday today. Someone told me it's Tuesday. Yeah, and that's why I played it, too. I played the Matic yeah. Monday thing because – it was, it's Monday. Even though I worked yesterday, Jack, it still feels like Monday. And so I brought Tyler Axis in, host of Afternoons Live 2 to 5 over on our sister station, KFGO, because, well, to help you pinch hit a little bit and also to talk to Dick Bramer a little bit. And you got to talk about his Panthers. You know, they, they, they took Adam Thielen after Adam Thielen was released. So I think a lot of people are anticipating that move. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about here with a little uh, three-headed monster on this Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, good midday. Is that how we do this over here? Mm-hmm. Good midday. Yeah, it's noon. Right. It's 12.01. Happy uh, noon. Yeah. Uh, Jack, uh, Red Hawks came up to Newman on uh, Friday night. Just great. Uh, you know, to close out that season. Uh, clinch that playoff berth, I guess is what I should say, in the d- dramatic fashion uh, as was, they did. It was just phenomenal. It was a lot of fun to be up there and take that in. Well, that that was great to see. Yeah, how sweet was that? You know, they, they had a lead, like 2 nothing that yeah. looked like it was going to sustain, and then Winnipeg tied it at 2, and then Scott Schreiber hit a ball to Leeds, North Dakota, <laughs> in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. I tried Friday to track night. that one down over the weekend, uh, <laughs> over the Labor Day, but I think Marge got there before I did there, Jake. <laughs> she usually does. I mean, she's, she's yeah, pretty good at she's that. Good. That's That's how this whole thing kind of came. Dodging kids away, knocking them away as Jack. That's right. I mean, should we tell it? Did, Tyler, do you know the story of where checking Mar- down Marge? Uh, I believe I have Genesis? heard, but I mean, it's worth hearing again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll I... say it quickly. Uh, Jack hits a home run for NDSU against the Sooners of Oklahoma, and he looked out, and there is Mother Marge <laughs> knocking over kids, running over <laughs> to get the yep. ball, and there you go. She tracked it, it down. Like that. Looked like that scene with George Costanza when the fire <laughs> the in the fire. kitchen when he was. <laughs> fire! Fight or flight, she was fighting and flighting. That's right. right. She was doing it all. She was getting that ball. That's that, She was getting that ball. It's <laughs> such a great story. Uh, oh, oh, man. Does she blush when you tell the story then? Or, I mean. She, I think she now enjoys it. She sits and, and listens and yeah, obviously doesn't miss a game. But right. I get a text every time a Red Hawk uh, hits a home run. And it's a photo of my mom at the at the Arbor House in Williston with her hands uh, hoisted in the air. Sometimes she goes dual hands, but now it's normally just like one hand, and then. Uh, but she's now getting into the point of predicting home runs. So I mean, it's uh, going to rely on her. We'll see if uh, you know what tomorrow brings. The Red Hawks are, are going up against Sioux City, and you got Kevin McGovern for Fargo Moorhead, and then Austin Drury who's a really good left-hander for Sioux City. He's kind of a lights-out lefty. So uh, two big lefties, one that kind of carves you up, the other one's going to try to throw it by you. And uh, I don't know who wants to play the Red Hawks, though. I mean, anything can happen. They've they won six of their last seven and, you know what, ten of their last 14, somewhere in that area. So it And, and they're at home. I, I hope that uh, they can uh, fans can come out, gang, and maybe – Scott Schreiber can hit one to Wales, North Dakota, and Leeds. <laughs> well, later in the show, we're going to let, let people win a pair of these, too. So we're going to come up with a, oh, a little fantastic. way to do this. So we'll stay tuned to the Jack Michaels Show. We'll get you set up with a pair of tickets for tomorrow night. And 
you know, you're not going to melt out there the way you did on, uh, you know, I guess pretty much out throughout the Labor Day weekend at Newman Outdoor Field. So might even want to bring a coat. I guess we shouldn't be surprised by the drastic changes of weather, but uh, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Fall is here. Yeah. It, it's got Crazy. that fall feel. And, of course, you know, people say Friday night's been going on in the North Dakota side for a a few weeks. I, I know Derek Hansen, you had the call on one of our sister stations in right. Barnesville. Uh, it, it's got the feel, finally, that it's here. I mean, Jack, a couple of days ago at, at Newman, and she was scorching out there, but that, that's that's turning real quickly here in North Dakota, Minnesota. Well, just outside when I walked out just uh, to grab lunch, you know, it's kind of feeling like that sticky air, and then that, well, I guess that rain kind of came through, and boom, here we go, flip the switch. Yeah, because I, I will say this, doing the game on, uh, doing the DGF Barnesville game on Friday, I was saved because I was in the press box because it was pretty full. With you know, they did a uh, Channel Six had their X game or you know what I mean. So they that's what right. they had it on. So I said I'll just go over where I normally watch it and sit in the back of my pickup, and that's exactly what I did because I got a power outlet in that thing. <laughs> it was great. I had fun, but if it wasn't for that big mass of cloud that kind of covered up the yeah. sun, I might have melted out there because <laughs> it was a little warm, and I don't know if you'd want to. Yesterday was really hot, I thought. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was a warm day, but I'll take it because it's probably snow in a month and a half here. Um, well, and this year, you know, guys, and, and, and I don't know how tailgating was at, in, in Minneapolis for the uh, Bison Eastern Washington game, but I know in Grand Forks, boy, I walked into the, uh, the Alaris Center with Tommy Dosh, and, and, uh, and I was like, wow, it's a little different feel walking into that first game of the year. Usually it can be warm or it can be a little bit, you know, cool, but that one had a feel of like midsummer thickness mm-hmm. uh, going to that uh, uh, the Alaris Center on Saturday morning or afternoon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, nice win for UND. Heartbreaking win for Concordia. Nice win for NDSU. Heartbreaking uh, loss last Thursday for the Dragons. Kind of the teams here in the uh, up and down the valley, and you know, a lot of football being played. Obviously, if we ran down all the colleges, we'd be, probably be going crazy. But uh, so that's where we're sitting uh, as far as that is concerned. College football. How about the game we had here last night on the fan? Duke Uh-oh. taking care of oh, Clemson. Wow. Uh oh. Uh huh. My hell. I mean, guys, where do we start? I mean, where do we start today in our roundtable? I mean, that's uh, I mean, Duke. I was thinking, what did they did they up basketball season? My early? Did they start the the hoop season early? That was a football game. Yeah, and then oh. for Clemson, on my guess is they are the talk shows down in Clemson, South Carolina. Probably a liquid hot right now uh, after that game. You know, it, fellas, you look at just as uh, I guess what we consider this opening weekend of college football. I mean, you have some of these big names going out there, and I mean, you can see. I, I don't know what the approach has been, but you can look at LSU. Uh, you can yeah. look at Colorado and Dion. Yeah. Dion Sanders. Everybody's saying no, and I was one of them. So I'm going to be eating crow on afternoons live a little. Look, I get it, he's a hype man. Well, whatever he brought to that locker room. It worked. And you're talking about Clemson. Oh, I mean, he brought was, a lot of transfer tra- portal. Tra- yeah, that that yeah. helps. He goes, I'm packing my bags. I'm coming. <laughs> well, packing his bags was, was a whole roster as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when you write the script of uh, the Soapy Weekend, at least on the FBS, boy, there was a lot of things that a lot of people didn't see coming, you guys. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's a great – it's just been uh, – college football's off to a weird, wacky start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, between the college uh, – conferences being turned upside down, some of the upsets that we've already seen. Yeah, because I would not have predicted Florida State to hammer LSU, LSU the way they did. And then, of course, what we saw last night with Clemson. You know, we're all kind of looking at this Clemson-Florida State matchup coming up in a few weeks, and huh, 
Well, <laughs> Durham, North Carolina said, no, not so fast. Basketball school is going to embarrass you on a college equivalent of Monday night football. <laughs> Alliance. I will say this. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I will say this, guys, that, uh, you know, week one or week zero, but week one in the college football landscape, you're never quite sure, you know, does it, it the, the fear is, is that you now buy in totally to Florida State, and I could get that, or you buy in totally to Colorado because of the, the hype, the buildup, the portals, and, man, they can run it uh, and all that. But that's the fear. It's like, okay, let's see if this settles down into week two, week three, week four. But you're right. Week one probably opened up some eyes and thinking, are we in for a, a really wacky FBS season, you know, uh, or not? So I, But you're right. Week, week one, so to speak, it just kind of rocked a lot of people's thoughts. And, and who are people? Are they are they who we think they are? Are they not? Was it just a, a slip up and, and maybe overlooked or really didn't believe the hype, uh, you know, TCU fans of, of Colorado coming in? I'm always curious the, you know, the, that second week, that third week, mm. you know, what where's the proof going to be? And it's going to be in that, that pudding of, of weeks two and three and then into conference play. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, just to kind of see how it uh, goes here. And I think as early as this weekend, you know, as, as a Minnesota fan, I kind of like to see Nebraska beat Colorado, right? Because then it can kind of squash that hype train a little bit and then uh, improve that maybe it wasn't a fluke that it was such mm-hmm. a close game with Minnesota and Nebraska. Pro football starts this Thursday, obviously. Lions and Chiefs, that'll be on our uh, sister station, KFGO. Looking forward to that. Uh, of course, it'll just a matter of days here before we – it's six days before we start talking about Vikings football at the Tampa Bay, I should say, against the Buccaneers at home at U.S. Bank Stadium. Now, first time to talk about, speaking of U.S. Bank Stadium experience, you know, 22,000, I do think if they went to play this on Labor Day weekend, they probably yeah. got more people. I, I think, think you're right. I think a lot of people who are NDSU grads, they wanted to get after the people who are graduates that lived on the Twin Cities. But, you know, a lot of them head up here. Last big weekend with their families, if they're from here, you know, I think that is something – I heard that from a few people just sitting at the sandbar on Saturday, actually. They weren't paying attention as much. And it does go, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, guys. I like the fact, and even if they go to 18 games during the season, I hope the NFL sticks with this Thursday after Labor Day start. I, 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 I'm I, fine with that yeah, as well. Because yeah. you had a weekend like this past weekend. I want to sit inside for three and a half hours and watch football. As you know, Jack, I'd much rather listen to you on my pontoon. I mean, right. that's, I mean, I, I think for me, college football, baseball is the number one sport for radio. But I do like college football. If I'm on Saturdays, I spend a lot of time when it's nice out listening to Jack, flipping over to hear Mike Grimm to see how the Gophers are doing. You know, and I think that's kind of the norm of what we're doing around here, right? I think, and I think people do that with. When they start waterfall, if they're shooting ducks and geese and pheasants, mm-hmm. and then it goes into deer hunting season, I think Saturdays, and you hear that from old school gopher fans, Ray Christensen, right? I mean, Christensen, yes. he, that's what they did. That's That was their connection to gopher football, much more on TV. Football's a great TV sport, but with the NFL, we seem like we have to be married to watching it, and... And 95 degrees, sorry, I'm going to sit in the sun. I, I, that's just me. Yeah, you got lakes and you got combines. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what was going on this weekend up where I was, where you know people were starting to get after it, getting right. some of that crop out of the field here. So when you think about the attendance here locally, uh, you know that does play a role. I had somebody mention me, you know, of course, you're, you just talk about uh, football, uh, that the 2.30 start uh, down here in the Fargo area is another thing, because now it takes up your whole Saturday. Have you guys, either of you heard that as the latest example of why they're not showing up to, uh, to attendance because of the time of day kickoff is? 
Yeah, I wonder if that's not part of it. Um, you know, I've had games, I've, I've done teams that have, that have had a 1 o'clock start primarily, then in the big sky, you know, take your pick. I mean, it, it could have been a, you know, from a central standard time, at anywhere from 4 to 6 to 8 at night to later, you know, uh, which has been always odd. Um, but to now kind of nestled into a mid-afternoon, uh, the games we see with North Dakota State and, and North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And it does consume a lot of that, that morning, you know, and then by the time the afternoon hits, you're almost asking fans for a recharge, like a reset mm-hmm. on a Saturday to, to get amped up. Well, diehard fans don't really care. They're going to get right. charged up no matter what. But I think overall, when we're talking about those that boost numbers, that peripheral um, uh, probably better suited to get up in the morning, get the kids ready or the spouse or whatever, uh, get out there, maybe enjoy a little tailgate, boom, hit that 1 o'clock game, bang, charge up, and now you're out of that building by, you know, 3.34, and you still got plans for evening. You know, whereas you're right, Tyler, you know, mid-afternoon kind of chunks all that in the middle, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, you look at it too, like the Gopher fans complain about 11 o'clock starts. I think, you you know, I think. Oh, I want an 11 o'clock start. Uh, you get up there, you get you you I have understand. you have your tailgate, and then you get that game, and you still have your afternoon. I know, but I'm just telling you, I've heard it from every fan base that are never happy with any start. I actually think if you're playing indoors, and I said this with the Gophers back in the Metrodome, I said this with NDSU, especially during September and October, where it can really be really nice. I'd almost rather have a night game, and then can kind of do what you want to do outside if you want to go hunting or whatever. If you got to do stuff in the field, then you can go at night, and then that's that's what you do for that Saturday night. I, I, that's been always my philosophy. I think the Gophers always got hosed on those 11 o'clock games in the Metrodome, especially on a September 20th type of day when it's sunny and 65 degrees and you want that crisp fall air and not sitting inside somewhere. And I think that has always been something with the Fargo Now, when you're good and the bandwagon's hot, it didn't matter. Right. So, I mean, I, 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 right. you, they could have played at, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock at night and people would have went. And so there's something deeper than that, I think. I, I don't know if it's just – we're, you know, are we? Is it the economy thing? You know, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, that, that's what I don't know. You know, I still see when I go to remote, seeing people buy boats and campers and everything like they're going. I, uh-huh. I, I so I, I can't put my finger on it. If it's just something, what is what has led to the plateauing of the bandwagon that is Bison football? Well, I can't me, figure it out. Let me turn that uh, attention, by the way, on times to say postseason baseball. You guys, I know I'm older. But uh, not that much. Uh, but there used to be postseason baseball afternoon games. Right. Mm-hmm. Do we see that anymore? A few. No. Just a few early on in the divisional series, yes. But okay, just a handful. It's not like it used to be. No, no, there's no doubt. Well, even – and I think they make a mistake on that, too, with that being a radio sport. I, you know, it's one of the many mistakes that Major League Baseball makes, including all the blackouts with radio and TV that they do. But it's uh, – I, I do think that – the earlier start that they have, when they do all these you know later starts for West Coast, I mean, I think the Pac-12 crumbling kind of shows that you don't have to worry about them. That's on a TV watching. And many people I know, like in the L.A. area, they're like, listen, we don't mind you know, listening to the first part of the game and then listening, watching the last part of it. Happy hour starts at 5. If you right. started Monday Night Football at 5 here, we'd be fine, and we go on with our day. You know, if you start at right at 7 o'clock Central time for Monday Night Football, that was several years because remember the days when Monday Night Football started at 8 o'clock, and 
That's 9 o'clock out in the East Coast. Could you imagine? Which time zone, fellas, do you think has the the premier lineup when it comes to like that, that Monday night football you got, you know, playoff baseball? Which time zone do you think has the luckiest schedule? I think we're in pretty good. I think the Central. I think, I think yeah. we're, yeah, we, I think we hit the, the jackpot. Yeah, us in the mountain, I think, are right in, the, in, in, in between. I will say this, yeah. and you know it's a little bit jacked with some of the people – the interesting thing about the East Coast, and I noticed this a little bit when my, you know my buddy Homie lived in New York and even in Florida. You know the old Dolly Parton song Nine to Five." It's a little bit later start in the morning. You know, so I, I think they do adjust to that where they stay up a little bit later. You know, they don't have the ten o'clock news; they have the eleven o'clock news after primetime TV, right? And it it is a little interesting that way that things really don't roll at six o'clock in the morning there the way they do <laughs> right. here. Is that safe to say? I always laugh because having a daughter who lives in Hawaii, in two weeks I've got a game at Boise State for an 11 a.m. kickoff. And if she wants to follow that game, that's a 6 a.m. kickoff. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) You you might want to sleep in. Trust me, if you're not tuning in, I get it. It's 6 o'clock. I think it's weird, too. Like the Chargers at the Vikings here in a couple weeks, that's a a nooner, so that's 10 o'clock out in L.A. You know, it's kind of strange. And, you know, that is so. That's ten o'clock kickoff at Boise. That's that's at eleven a.m. Right, eleven a.m. Central. Mm-hmm. But but it's a ten o'clock at their time, right? That's ten o'clock a, there. It's a yeah. It's an F, F, uh, FS one. Wow. Uh, game dictated by the uh, by uh, by the network. Yeah. So that'll be a. Uh, and the good news on that is uh, Daddy will be back at a relatively good time. And if the Red Hawks are still, if the Red Hawks are hopefully still live and locked into an FCS championship, I literally could be flying back at a charter, be back at Newman Outdoor Field in t- in time to call a baseball game Heavens. after that. But that's how crazy early that game is, by the way. Wow, crazy indeed. So, all right, so we got that going. Obviously, we want to talk about the Twins before we let you go here, Jack. Uh, Yes, sir. Another grand slam by Royce Lewis. Unreal. He's to have that Holy many opportunities in that, in that short of time. Uh, we're not burying the lead here. We just kind of, obviously, with Dick Bramer coming up as normal here on Tuesdays, we're going to bring that up. But, I mean, you've watched a lot of baseball, both at the American Association, Northern League level, and, of course, a lot of Major League. I, I, I just don't remember this many opportunities for our person. And, and here's the kicker, guys, and you can talk with Dick about this. I can recall at least two other times where he had a chance to hit a grand slam, including – I get like last night. Yeah, or yeah, right? yeah. He had two a, opportunities last night, and he yeah. was one for one, batting five hundred for with the bases loaded. Ain't bad. <laughs> and he got up to bat after he had a grand slam and back to back games. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had a chance that yes. third day last Tuesday. Go yep. right. I mean, You're right. So it's not that he's just cashing in on him. He's had other opportunities to really blow it up. Yeah, he's incredible. And then the ball, by the way, that he drove to center might have had a. Might have had a higher exit below than the Grand Slammy hit. That's that how hard sure. he's hitting the ball. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, it's a, it's certainly a lot of fun. Good matchup tonight, too, with uh, two really good pitchers. We'll talk with uh, Dick Bramer about. Well, Jack, more uh, honey, w- warm water, all right? Mix that in. Yeah. You know, put you in. Get that going. Save your voice. And uh, I know they'll be anxious to hear you tomorrow, obviously. And, of course, tomorrow night for the first of the best of three series at Newman Outdoor Field with the uh, Sioux City Explorers coming here to face the FM Red Hawks. We'll talk to you yeah, soon, so my bless, friend. Bless Derek Hansen for the suggested vocal day rest for Jack. I Now, granted, I, as much water and honey I've had, I've had to have the, the bladder of four King Kongs, by the way, uh, to get through it. But, yes, we are rocking through it. We're getting ready to go uh, tomorrow for uh, playoff game number one against Sioux City at Newman Outdoor Field. A great year, Tyler Axis. 
Tyler's going to be loving this noon thing. Uh, yeah. I know it's a one-time shot here, but uh, well, I'm going to pull him out yeah. often, especially oh, yeah. here on the road. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, glad to uh, be sitting in the king's chair over here, Jack. You, you, get, you get better, <laughs> you, and we'll see you later on. All right. You the badly. All right, guys. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. You bet. Vocal, you know, management, load management, like they do in the NBA for Jack Michaels, Derek Hansen, Tyler Axness in the studio here at Southern Forty. The fan, Dick Bramer, coming up. Brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Bumper to bumper. Defense attorney Joe Friedberg. I'm going to admit, Joe, I'd have been a little, a bit snarky. I would not have been willing, after going through all this nonsense, to take the high road. Uh, I agree you wouldn't have. (laughs) Weekdays, 3 to 6.30 p.m. on 740 The Fan. And welcome to another edition of the Twins Wrap with Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins. Today, Derek Hansen and Tyler Axis with you, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And pleasure to bring Dick in. You know, I mean... That was pretty impressive last night. Minnesota gets two touchdowns, two field goals compared to Cleveland's two field goals. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since you called one like that. I'm guessing. Yeah, it was a wild game on many levels. I'd never seen a position player pitch as early as Fry did, coming in and pitching the in the sixth inning, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Um, you know, this was expected to be uh, a critical series. It still is. Uh, but I don't think anybody expected one team or the other would blow the other team out like uh, the Twins did to the Guardians last night. Good way to get the series started, but of course, none of that matters. It's like it was a one nothing uh, Twins win. I uh, wish you could carry over something like that to the next day, but that it doesn't work that way. So we got another important ball game tonight. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever seen anything like Royce Lewis mm-hmm. getting as many opportunities as he has with the bases loaded in the past, you know, eight games? It's crazy. Yeah, he's uh, uh, hit three grand slams over the course of eight days. Only three other major leaguers have done that. And it was interesting last night, he hit a ball every bit as hard as he's hit any of the home runs, drove in a couple of runs with what turned out to be a single. But the center fielder, Laureano, made a really nice play backhanding the ball in the gap. And the way Royce runs, if that ball had gotten by Laureano, uh, that base hit came with the bases loaded. He may have backed up a grand slam over the fence with an inside-the-park grand slam, which would have been even more remarkable. But uh, six runs batted in last night for the rookie, and you're beginning to see what people have seen from him uh, at the minor league level. We saw glimpses of it last year, of course, in the big leagues. But this guy's got the potential to be a superstar, and it's really nice to see him wear a Twins uniform. Well, Dick, I can tell you from the fan perspective out here uh, in the Fargo-Morad area, Royce's name is on everybody's tongue. Everybody's talking about Twins, about this this playoff stretch, but Royce Lewis has already got that it factor, I think, amongst a lot of the fans out here. Well, to step up in key situations in a key game like that, uh, I found it interesting. I cringed a little bit when we were in Texas. And uh, we did an interview with him, and he talked about the playoffs, and that made me bristle a little bit. But then I thought, this guy is so confident. I know he believes in his heart 100% this Twins team is going to the playoffs. And then he steps up in a big game last night and does what he does. Uh, There are very few players who can do what he has already done. And I'm beginning to wonder whether Royce Lewis, and it's going to take some time now, I'm not saying he's there yet, uh, I'm beginning to wonder whether Royce Lewis isn't going to do for the Twins what Julio Rodriguez has done for the Seattle Mariners. When you look at him, too, and I brought this up to your radio co- counterpart, Corey, last Friday, is just the fact that he seems to have that little it factor not only on the field but a little bit off. I mean, it sounds like he's a really good teammate. The players kind of already gravitating to him as one of the uh, kind of leaders already in the clubhouse. It's just pretty remarkable right now. Such a positive, uh, confident attitude 
and that comes across on the field, but also off the field as well. I've uh, maybe shared with your listeners before uh, last year when he blew his knee out, and it was such a devastating blow for him. And I wanted to be on a long list of people who were going to offer my uh, condolences to him. I went up to him trying to cheer him up just a little bit, and he ended up cheering me up, basically saying, hey, it's a setback. I'll deal with it. You know, no problem. I'll be back. And so supremely confident in his ability, uh, and that's hel- that helps him perform on the field. I don't think there's any moment uh, that is too big for him. Uh, there's been no evidence of that anyway, and that should bode well for him and the team in the event they finish the deal off here and get into the postseason this year. Speaking of coming back, I mean, a setback for Byron Buxton with the St. Paul Saints, that is a bummer, you know, and he's kind of wondered, are they going to shut him down? Michael Taylor's playing great in the outfield and, you know, in center field, and obviously they've been doing a good job offensively compared to where they were at. I mean, is this something that the – I'm sure it's going to drive Byron Buxton crazy, but is that what they're going to have to consider here? Well, it's such a delicate situation. We, for years, have uh, basically said that this is Byron's team. We've talked about the one-loss record uh, when he's been in the lineup, the one-loss record when he's been out of the lineup. The fact of the matter is this Twins team uh, has done very well without him. Uh, and not having uh, him do uh, the DHing and not unable to play center field. But this is a delicate situation because he's very much a part of the fabric of this team. But now when you get to the playoffs, if the Twins get there, and we've seen Eddie Julian be a productive uh, DH, uh, you, you've got a situation where Polanco needs to play, Lewis needs to play, Julian's got an on-base percentage of 380. Uh, or whatever it is, with the ability to you know pop some home runs, uh, he's probably you know freer to run right now than Byron would be. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, you know, it's uh, hopefully, <coughs> excuse me, hopefully going to be a situation where Byron is feeling better and can contribute. But if there's any limitation, you know, you've got to be careful who you put on the roster in the playoffs. You look at this, uh, you know, the game yesterday too. Going back to Giolito coming in and. I think it was kind of sweet that the fact that uh, you know it didn't go all that well for him after this waiver wire thing. That I've never seen that before. I mean, teams put players on waivers all the time, and of course they can't play in the postseason, so you don't normally see teams pick them up. But Cleveland, man, they took advantage of that. And part of the reason they did was to block those players from coming to the Twins. Uh, and I think you know that last game at Target Field between the two teams, Cleveland came back late and won the game. Uh, may have planted the seed that. Uh, a, we can compete with the Twins. We've got a month left in the schedule. Let's do what we can. But it's just so weird because they were still five games out when they beat the Twins at Target Field that last day. They were only a game out at the trade deadline, and they basically sold off whoever they could get rid of in trades. Uh, instead of buying, they were sellers. Then they decided, being five games out, that they wanted to be buyers again. It, it's a peculiar situation. And it didn't work out too well for him last night with Giolito on the mound. It's kind of like when uh, it kind of happened with Brian Dozier, right? I mean, they, they, I th- didn't that happen where they they were just kind of upset? Uh, didn't he mention it after they traded Presley, I think, to the Astros? And boom, all of a sudden the Twins almost acted. And I think Dozier was a little bit uh, vocal about that. Uh, didn't that happen? And they all of a sudden went from sellers to being buyers again by the end of the season? Yeah, they acquired, I forget his name, a left-handed pitcher. And he made one start for the Twins and then quickly pivoted into cell mode. Uh, I don't even know if, if the guy came back from the road trip, um, but it's, you know, 
if you're in the front office, you've got to do what is in your short and long-term best interest. But honestly, the, what the Guardians did, particularly if they don't catch the Twins and pass them, uh, it's really going to be scrutinized during the off season. If you were buyers, uh, why did you sell right uh, you know, before the trade deadline? Uh, it's an interesting pivot here in Cleveland, and we'll see how it works out. Yeah, it's it's for sure. Uh, tonight, you know, a great pitchy matchup, and I think it's one that we're uh, you look at Sonny Gray. I think it's kind of unfortunate. I think seven six. It's unfair to how many games he probably could have won many more games than that. And a guy who's been really impressive so far, sitting with a ten and three record, and Tanner Bybee. I mean, this is what we're looking for, right? Matchups like this. Pablo going last night, and the Twins really did a good job of setting this up. Well, and. Rocco Baldelli was asked about that a few days ago when we were in Texas about whether the rotation for this series was set by design or uh, just, you know, uh, by coincidence. And he kind of stammered around, but I, I don't believe for a minute that it's just a coincidence that it's Lopez, Gray, and Ryan in this series. And for Twins fans, if you want to go ahead and imagine this team in a best of three playoff situation uh, in the wild card round, uh, it'll be the same three guys, probably in the order that they're in, uh, dependent on whether the Twins have to, you know, play out that last series in uh, Colorado uh, to secure the division championship. The thing that's nice about the win last night and hopefully another win tonight is it gives the Twins the luxury, if you will, of setting up their rotation should they make the playoffs uh, with maybe a few days left, uh, resting the bullpen, all of that. Uh, but if you have to play it out to the very end, it's it's whoever, you know, it's next man up in line in the rotation, and that could be anybody from Pablo Lopez to Louis Varland. The Twins wrap with Dick Bramer, our, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, with us each and every Tuesday. Derek Hansen, Tyler Axis with you. And I think you mentioned it there. I mean, they're sitting pretty as far as starting pitching. And then, hopefully, I think the one thing that always bothers me about this team is I think we grew up watching the Twins where you – you know, and Tom Kelly kind of set this with a, a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, and ninth inning guy. I don't think that's ever going to happen. And that, maybe not so much with Rocco Baldelli's philosophy. It's just the way things are right now, I don't think they can with their bullpen. Am I wrong on that? Or Well, you've got Duran, who's their highest leverage guy. Whenever uh, the you know bigger at-bats come up the, the other day in Texas, uh, Semyon and Seager were coming up in the eighth inning, so Duran pitched the eighth. Um, you know, it's there, the the roles aren't as rigid as they used to be. You're absolutely right about that. But the Twins, you know, are going to rely on a, a, a rested Griffin Jacks, Caleb Thielbar, uh, Emilio Pagan to be the, the key guys here for the final two games of this series. And there's an off day on Thursday. And, again, I think what we've seen over the course of the year, Duran hasn't quite been as sharp with his command, but maybe that's a, a, a function of being – used an awful lot. So if the Twins can win the division with some days to spare and give those guys a rest, hopefully that'll freshen up uh, the bullpen arms that are going to be needed in the playoffs. Yeah, because I think that is going to be a factor because, you know, the bullpen has been so big in the postseason, you know, going back with the last 10 years or so. And, you know, Kansas City, when they won the World Series, they took it to a whole different level. But it just shows it's made a lot of these guys a lot of more money coming out of the bullpen, that's for sure. Well, and you look at uh, the Texas series that the Twins just got done playing, and the Twins' bullpen has had some issues. There have been some rough spots along the way, but my gosh, the, the Ranger bullpen is just, you know, cratered. And, you know, Bruce Boshi doesn't know where to turn 
lead after lead gone by the middle innings sometimes because the bullpen has been so uh, porous in terms of you know, keeping leads and all that. That's what you don't want an overworked bullpen going into the postseason. So again, if if the Twins can uh, get through the rest of the regular season and actually clinch their playoff spot uh, without having to run these guys to the very end of the season, that'll help a lot, I would think, come the postseason. That's for sure. Last thing I really want to talk to you about is, you know, we've talked so much about the three-game series, if they qualify and what have you, but I've been kind of scoreboard watching Seattle, and granted, you're kind of chasing three teams who are fighting for the West Division right now, but they're, what, five games behind Seattle. It's not inconceivable that they could get that second seed, I guess. Oh, it's not uh, inconceivable at all, uh, but, you know, it's, you know, every day you look, you might see a different opponent for the Twins. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, when we were in Texas, it looked like the Twins-Rangers series was going to be a playoff preview. Well, now it might be uh, the Twins and the Blue Jays out of the East. It's it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. And, you know, the hope is that the Twins will continue to play well. They had a good month of August. September's off to a good start. Uh, they seem to be, the lineup seems to be really clicking like, uh, you know, never before this season. Uh, let's hope that all contain, uh, continues. Uh, and then you you just hope, you know, that somebody doesn't foul the ball off their foot or somebody doesn't pull a hammy rounding first base. All this stuff that we know it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen to the Twins. A, a key player is going to get dinged up a little bit. You just want to be as healthy as you possibly can going into October. Well, it's going to be a fun uh, next two games, I'm sure, and I'm sure you'll be anxious to get home. And It's kind of weird. What's your thought on interleague play in September? I wish they would just kind of – I like it when they kind of – the NFL does this a little bit with like week 17 and 16 where they have the divisional opponents. I wish they would do more of that in September and leave a lot of the interleague games for the earlier part and certainly in the middle of summer. Yeah, the Twins have the Mets, then the Reds, then the Rockies at the end, and I might be missing a team in there. But it's – you know, you'd like more series like this one, to be perfectly honest. Uh, You're only going to play the Guardians 13 games. Uh, Let's imagine that the Tigers next year are in it, which I think is a decent – possibility. Well, you'd like to have those games in September. They're just great for the game to have these pivotal matchups. Uh, Witness this past weekend when the Braves had the four-game series with the Dodgers. That was just great baseball. And if you watched any of it, 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 it just it can't do anything but whet your appetite for playoff baseball when you see the contending teams play each other in the season's a final month. The problem you've got, of course, right now you've got five teams in all the divisions, and you can't have just head-to-head competition because you've got an odd number of teams in the division, and maybe with realignment they'll focus on that when it comes to making the schedule. Yeah, that's certainly going to be interesting if there's expansion. You know, If they realignment, who knows where baseball, what it'll look like here in five, ten years, that is for sure. Dick, enjoy your call of the game tonight, and we'll catch up with you again next Tuesday. All right, guys. You bet. Dick Bramer again, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins. The Twins wrap brought to you by Jefferson Lines each and every week. So much fun to chat a little baseball with him. The uh, radio voice, Corey Provis, he's back after doing a little college football this weekend on KFGO coming up here at 4.30 for the pregame show. 5.10 is the first pitch. Tomorrow's game, the third and final game of that three-game series on the fan. Derek Hansen, Tyler Axis with you, and we'll take your uh, phone calls and more coming up here. Final segment of the Jack Michaels Show. If you want to call, contribute to the show. I'll set you up with some uh, Red Hawks tickets for tomorrow night's Game 1 against the Susie Explorers. Derek Hansen, Tyler Axis in for Jack, who's 
on load management. It's always a joke here in the fan, you know, it's just the load management. Tyler Axis, <laughs> afternoons live 2 to 5 on KFGO if you want to catch him this afternoon. Well, and uh, Jack, he's a busy guy, and it's not going to slow down anytime soon the way, no. uh, you know, the FM Red Hawks have been going at it. And, of course, the UND just having uh, their weekend kickoff. And I'm looking at the calendar here. You know, that Boise State game's there. Then you got South Dakota State, Western Illinois, then uh, NDSU UND. Yeah. Don't you think that? I liked it last Unless year when it was stretch. at the end of the season. I wish they would keep doing that. Yeah. Well, much like Dick was just talking about and you right. when it comes to you know having that, okay, th- this series with the Twins, when these games count so much, NFL, I mean, same with college, having that later on, especially if they're contenders, adds so much more hype to oh, those for games. Sure. No I, I, I love that. I think maybe our caller here, Bud, would agree. Bud, did you like it when your Bison and UND had the uh, end of the season finishing up th- that way? Derek, you know it. My favorite game of the year. It's the only game that counts for me. And you know what? We're reigning state champion. <laughs> That's true. Tyler won't disagree with yeah, you as an I, NDSU grad. Right so. there with you. But uh, when we look at this calendar coming out, that's usually the one. Because when you when you look at it, you're saying, hey, if there's one game you absolutely do not want to lose, it's still UND for us. You got it. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. What's on your mind there, there bud? I have this question. I heard you bringing up the 18-game NFL schedule again, and I, I hear this being repeated all the time. If I'm the NFL Players Union, there's only one thing that they got to give me to get that extra game. One thing, and I think you know what it is. Guaranteed contracts? Well, that's true, but getting rid of the salary cap. Well, I think... Honest, they're going to have to pay for it. I think what, what I would negotiate if I was the head of the... Uh, the uh, union for the NFL reps, and but they have the worst union in pro sports. It's the most successful yeah. league, but they and they they have you know their reps have not had a spine, and I don't know how long. Is I would be pushing for a quarterback exemption. I, I think that they need to do something where that is not eating up so much salary. Because I mean, look at the Chiefs. Now they're able to win it, but you know, I agree with you. I mean, I think the fact because it's the most most important position in sports, right? And so I just don't think Absolutely. that. Kirk Cousins or Patrick Mahomes or whatever, their contract should count so much against the cap that you can't go get offensive linemen to protect right. these people. It, it makes no absolutely no sense whatsoever. They should be on their own island, and I think they should, you know, because let's face it, many times, and I would say most of the time, there are two faces of a franchise. It's a coach and it's a quarterback, and not much in between usually. I mean, it's, it's – Maybe Moss was right. at the late '90s, early '80s, or early 2000s. For the- looking at what Justin Jefferson's doing with Minnesota yeah. right now, I mean, aside from Kirk embracing his nerdiness now on some of these videos, I mean, Justin Jefferson, I think, is now the face of the Minnesota Vikings, right? But I mean, let's face yeah. it: was Jerry Rice ever the face of the 49ers compared to Montana or even Steve Young? I'd say no. I think he got his due. He's got his due, but I mean, I mean, let's be honest here: you're always going to get overshadowed by a quarterback. I mean, they're going to get more. It's just the nature of what the position is. Derek, they're just using this as an excuse to cut expensive players. So it's a it's a roster management tool more than it is anything else. Each team, if you figure they they announced eleven point four billion dollar net profit this last year. Well, that comes up to three hundred and forty million a team. About, I mean, I'm doing it in my head. But so you know what, if uh, you sign as the governor of Minnesota that the stadium has been paid off, and like almost the next day, the wells come and say, "Well, we need twenty-five million for improvements in the stadium." Well, then start getting your wallet out and help us out a little bit. Well, you 
I and mean, I would I totally agree with you on that. You're the major tenant. You got to do it much like the way the Twins always keep doing it. I I don't disagree with you that. I mean, let's face it. We could go down the road of talking about this for hours on what's fair, what's yeah. not fair. I think I think many of these things have to come in steps if you're the union of the NFL because you've given in so much over the years. I really think right. I would that would be the first step I would take, and then because that would free up a lot of money for other players. I mean, if. Yeah, and then yeah, you wouldn't have the yeah. fans complain about because listen, I have my criticism of Kirk Cousins on certain things. I don't know if he has the it factor that I didn't care. I didn't care what he made. I really, I've never. Have you ever heard me complain about what he made? No. You know why? Because I'm in radio, and if Premier Radio Networks asked me to do thirty five million dollars a year the way they did Rush Limbaugh, I would do it. So you'll it's never hear <laughs> hear me complain about it as far as doing what I'm doing because I believe in capitalism. And and that type of thing. So, to your point, it's much more about. It, but a lot of fans have it. They 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 were stuck in the Kirk Cousins. Is he worth what he's you know getting paid because of his performance? That was never an issue with me. But I th- do think I do understand why a lot of people. When you lose an Adam Thielen, when you lose a Delvin Cook, and you and then you go back to Kirk Cousins' contract, that's what happens more times than not. I agree with you, and it's wrong because I agree with you about. To pay or play, I've never complained about either. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's no reason why I see that they need this cap. They've got It's not like they're short of money. Well, but here's money. the problem that you're going to have, though. Part of the reason the NFL is successful is because you can have the 1999 Rams. You can have a team that you know finishes really poorly and, and all of a sudden, boom, makes the playoffs the next year because they got a rookie in the early part of the draft. I mean, that's where they're – most times, now granted, this isn't a great example this year because the American League East has the Orioles on top of it, but you know, there's many years up until this year. Wouldn't you agree, bud? If you're an Orioles or a, a Blue Jays fan, you knew you were done before. I mean, what are you even watching for at that point? You know, and, and that's I have, especially now that I'm older. I agree with you 100%. And I, I, the time. Because <laughs> let's face it, the likes of Magic Johnson's new group in Washington and Jerry Jones and, and you know they would they would tip the scales of that and make the, I think they make it so astronomical that it would really put a tough thing for some of the media markets. I mean it would be like the Packers or not, the Packers are what makes the NFL. It's the reason that Patrick Mahomes can be in the market of Kansas City and still be the face of the NFL, whereas everyone's talking about oh my goodness Anthony Edwards eventually he's going to go to Minnesota to go play for the Lakers and stuff like that. That doesn't happen in this league. Because of that, so to your point, they—I don't think they should eliminate the cap, but I don't think it should be so strict, loosening it up, well, and, and that's what the league representatives have to really push for. The union's got to be a little bit tougher on that. I like your idea. Whether or not they have any chance of that happening, I like the idea. Yes. And yeah, it's a, it's a Larry Bird exception, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> All right. I tell you what, thanks for contributing. I'll put uh, uh, four tickets aside for you for tomorrow night's game, okay? Thanks very much. I appreciate that. You bet. Thanks All right. Call, we still got some more tickets. Red Ox, if you want to call, contribute to the show, 237-3767. That's 237-3767. Tyler Axness, he's host of Afternoons Live 2 to 5 over on uh, KFGO. I'm Derek Hansen. Jack Michaels on load management here. Again, uh, tomorrow night they face... The Associate Explorers, if you want more tickets, obviously you can give the box office a call. You get all the information at fmredox.com.
Com, which should be a pretty good night. You're not going to melt out there. No, it should be. It's getting to that that comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to weather up here. Uh, and you know, getting up to that box office. I mean, a Friday we we just went on a whim. You know, went up and got uh, our tickets and just had a great time. Now, granted, we plant our roots in one of the gardens that's over there, so it's the seating isn't necessarily an issue for us. But no, it's just a great time. So get on up there and cheer on your FM Redhawks. During this stretch here, I have to ask you because this has been brought up over the past few days. So, you know, about what, 22,000 at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah. And we've had all this upheaval going on in FBS football. So, one thing that has really quieted down for me, I think, just talking to friends who are Bison fans, that, oh, I'm sick of beating up on these old teams. The old FBS talk has really quieted down, though. And, and, and I think rightfully so because. You're looking at four major super conferences right now and everyone else. And I think there were some people's minds that, oh, we'll get in a better situation mm-hmm. here. Looking at what, what I predicted here for a while is that FBS is going to be the have and have nots more than it ever is. And then we're you know, obviously going that way. I mean, Oregon State, I think Oregon State and Washington State are going to be begging to get in the Mountain West. Yeah. Guess what? They're going to want the state of Oregon and Washington much more in North Dakota. That's just a reality. Yeah, it, well, and I've said that red phone's been sitting at the desk go up at NDSU Athletics, uh, but no one's calling. No. And, and no one's going to be calling right now. So, I, I mean, there's there's wishful thinking, and then there's reality. And the reality is not lining up with what I think some people have wanted. And I see at, uh, at the text club here people talking about the, the Bison hype train died due to competition. Let's face it, other than one or two teams at their level, it's not a great uh, brand of football. You're kind of stuck there, though. I mean, you're looking the the one or two teams. You're thinking probably South Dakota State, and what you know. I mean, you kind of have the carousel of UNI. Well, what happened there? You know, I mean, UND finally coming in. But yeah, I understand the lack of competition because trust me, spending. I'm a season ticket holder. As much money as we're putting in to go up there tailgate and then watch half a game because it's over by halftime, it gets old. But what do you do? You know, besides wishful that somebody calls in. You can only wish so much, Derek. Well, here's another thing that goes along with it. And I think, you know, it's a frustrating thing, I'm sure, for Matt Entz. You know when I started kind of hearing the air come out of the balloon? Arizona lost last year. Because Bison uh-huh. fans love beating those FBS schools, and rightfully so. And they've been, well, like 80% factor yeah. in it. Uh-huh. And I, it was like, oh, Really? And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know what I'm getting oh, at? Yeah. It, it was a humbling moment it for the was. first time in a decade. And it should be. You lost a close game to a, <laughs> no. a Pac-12 school it's, it for was not, It was not a butt whooping and, by and, any chance. And I was at a establishment watching uh-huh. with people, and you would have thought they lost to the Jackrabbits in the FCS championship game. And and, 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 and so they f- feel like they can't do that every time, that that's why. And no, now we got to go watch them go play Kennesaw State or whatever. That is... A problem there. There's a there's a little bit of a, a spoiled atmosphere oh, in the head. Look, I, I am a I am a NDSU yeah. grad. I am a fan of NDSU football. The fans in some right in some aspects unbearable. I'll just say unbearable. <laughs> Look, I I, yeah. I you know I, I'm a season ticket holder. Hearing some of the the uh, the calls about the officiating. Look, sometimes. NDSU football, our offensive line will hold. Yeah. Sometimes happens. we will commit pass interference. We do get penalized because it's part of the game. But I'm looking at the box score. 35 10, we went over Eastern Washington. You know what I saw on Facebook? Our defense needs a lot of work. Oh, I it's know. week one. It's oh. Eastern Washington. It's I can just go to, to social 10. media. I got friends who are just like, <laughs> I can't believe that Tyler Roll did this and this. I said, uh. You 
one. Oh, just the running game isn't good enough. I'm like, get off Tyler's back. Seriously. I mean, my goodness. No, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Can't so, have it all. But you know what? You, but, can have, you can have a win and just move on to the week number two. I think it's at we, home here. We see those we want Bama signs. Uh, I think they want to be Bama. That's why it's, <laughs> it's equivalent to calling the Fi- Paul Feinbaum show on the SEC network and complaining because you only won 35 yeah. to nothing. I did it. One of the funniest guests on that show is uh, they said, you know, Nick Saban was complaining because, you know, there's so much scuttlebutt about them not winning enough against the, and, and the, and the beat writer goes, you got to understand. I mean, Alabama football teams, fans like to bet on their team to cover the spread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. That almighty dollar there, <laughs> All right. I'll be on with Tyler again later this afternoon. Two to five afternoons live. Two to five over on KFGO. Thanks so much. We have to do this more yeah, often. We didn't even get to Adam Thielen, and he's a Carolina Panthers. Carolina fan. Panther. For those of you that don't know, yep. I am a Carolina Panthers fan. I'm happy to have Adam Thielen. We need that veteran uh, presence in the locker room with a rookie quarterback. Game on. I'm ready for Week One. Uh, I can't wait for. I it can't too. wait for October when Minnesota comes to Carolina. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's it's going to be a fun time. That is for sure. And and. You and Joel Heikamp might have too much fun with that, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) All right. Uh, Jack Michaels will be back again for this show on Thursday because the Twins, as I mentioned before, will play at noon tomorrow against the Cleveland Guardians. 1130 is the pregame show. Again, Red Hawks baseball tomorrow night as well. Thanks so much for listening. Common Man on the way. Bumper to bumper. Brian Oak. You talk to this incredible variety of people. The way you engage people in conversation, I'm a gigantic fan of yours, Dan. Weekdays, 3 to 6.30 p.m. on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. It's a 